I feel like I'm like the Ira Glass of essential. <laughs> and I know that that's not true. That's what I want. That's what I aspire to. But, ooh, I can tell. Not the case. <laughs> well, actually, I think that Kate is kind of like the Ira Glass of essential. Kate definitely has a great voice. Welcome back to another episode of Mastering Metail, a podcast brought to you by Digital Commerce at Essential. Today, I'm going to give you everything you need to know about paid search on Amazon, which falls into the bucket of media and makes the title of our podcast make complete sense. We'll talk sponsored products, sponsored brands, sponsored brand videos, and sponsored display in this episode, along with vacuums, collagen, and the prominence that advertising has in our lives as consumers. My guest today, when she is not the Ira Glass of Essential, is... Kate Grubel. I'm an associate media director at Flywheel Digital. I've been here pushing three and a half years, and I am one of our media team leads. I oversee a number of colleagues who are really focused on helping clients drive top-line sales on large e-commerce sites using paid media. And she is one of the best in the business when it comes to paid search. And luckily for us, we know we have at least one listener for this episode. My mom will gladly listen to this, so. To Kate's mom and all other listeners out there, let me remind you again. My name is Emma Irwin, your host for this series. Up until now, I've specialized on the retail side of our business and have brought you even a retail-focused episode. But I know that understanding media is just as important and it's probably something I should do too if I ever want to master retail. In this episode, Kate will walk us through the different elements of paid search. She'll tell us about the different ad units out there, how to set up campaigns, how to measure success, and beyond. We'll close out with her three takeaways when it comes to paid search, but you'll want to listen to the whole episode in order to learn how to actually implement these takeaways. But first, before we go full swing media 101, what is the last thing that you purchased on Amazon? I love this question. I'm not a huge Amazon shopper, I think, because I spend my time on the site. Uh, but looking back, I did make some New Year, New You purchases. So January of 2022, and I, I bought vitamins. I bought one-a-day women's gummy vitamins. And yeah, I'm still still taking those today. <laughs> Another question before we go full swing media 101, but we asked this for everyone. And so I'm going to ask the question now, but we'll come back to it at the end. So something that's been on your digital wish list. So this is something that sits in a cart that you are not converting on. And when we get to the end, I will ask you why, but sounds good. We'll get back to it. Sounds like plan a cow noodle on that. And before we dive into paid search, how about we let Kate talk about how she came to be as knowledgeable as she is? It's a great question because when I was in school, what I do today didn't exist. I mean, this is not a media that has been around a long time. So being able to learn in class, that wasn't an option. So when I graduated from my undergrad, I went into consulting and had loved marketing and had done some internships and didn't last long in the consulting world and ended up shifting to shopper marketing. And at the time, this is kind of mid-20s. 
tens, shopper marketing was a little bit of a catch-all term that did include a little bit of e-commerce. So I ended up working at large media agencies in New York City, uh, focused a little bit more on display advertising on Amazon and other retailer sites because banner ads did come around before paid search. But as I was doing that in New York City, I actually got to know Flywheel kind of as an agency partner and really came to realize the power and the direct correlation between paid search and driving top-line sales on an e-commerce site. And so from my conversations with Flywheel Leadership, I was pretty immediately bought into the the power of the media we manage for our clients and ended up making a jump over here in 2019 when the world was quite different. A lot of retailers still didn't have paid search capabilities, but Amazon did. So really got my feet wet on Amazon and then since then have been able to help us expand to other retailers. Now that we know some more about Kate, let's talk paid search. My simple definition of paid search is any placement you see when you search on Amazon that a vendor or seller paid for. All of the products that show up without ad spend attached to them are considered organic search results. Let's let Kate take it from here. Paid search on Amazon really rolled out initially as a a offering in the early 2010s, kind of 2012, I believe, was that time period, 2012 to 2015. And really what I think Amazon realized at the time was Google already had their equivalent of a a pay-per-click paid search offering within their search results. And Amazon recognized the power and the opportunity of integrating that concept into search results on their site, which ultimately allows brands to then pay to boost their products to the top of search. And I know a lot of people these days listen to podcasts on the go, but if you're in front of your computer, if you have your phone, how I like to explain what I do to my grandparents is going and picking a search term on Amazon, maybe something that that is on that wish list or that you need to stock up on. And if you were to type in, in dog food today, I think as consumers, we don't always recognize that a lot of the results on page one are, are monetized. They are pay-per-click ad units. And where that media offering, that media tactic has been so powerful is that we've been able to see firsthand that a product that isn't on page one that is able to show up in the ad units that are at the top of search result and get clicks that they're paying for ultimately can see their organic listing for that same product come onto page one. And that'll then generate what we like to call the flywheel effect. And and it's an industry term, even though it is also the name of the company I work for, of once you're able to get onto page one, you're able to see just this great benefit to glance views, to ordered revenue, all those top line metrics and in media, specifically Amazon's sponsored products ad unit within their paid search kind of toolkit really has been proven to help boost organic results and and then fuel that flywheel of unlocking top-line sales. Why is it so important to invest in paid search on Amazon? Could you survive in e-com without that? Such a good question. I I get that a lot in my day-to-day. Well, I say that I get it a lot. I think I get the pressure to make sure that continued investment today is the right decision for businesses. But generally, I think most brands, especially consumer packaged good companies, recognize that it's almost become table stakes. And what I mean by that is Amazon 
is truly, and other retailers at this point as well, it's truly an endless shelf. And what I mean by that is if you're on a sales team and you're trying to sell in a new SKU at Walmart, the real hard work is in the upfront of pitching that and securing that shelf space. But then once you're there, you're ideally visible. Maybe you get downgraded a shelf or two and you're at ankle level instead of eye level. But once you get that that coveted real estate on the shelf, generally that product is, is visible and able to then generate sales. On Amazon, because of the marketplace, because of the fact that they have millions of SKUs or, or ASINs at this point, it's really easy to to be hidden. It's really hard to be discovered. And paid search has proven to be that tactic that is, I don't want to say a, a equalizer because brands with bigger budgets tend to be able to pay for that increased visibility. But it does almost equalize for any seller on Amazon the opportunity to have your product be discovered because it enables you to pay to boost it to the top of search. Do you ever kind of think of paid search, specifically kind of sponsored products in general, as kind of cheating to win your way (laughs) into the consumer's lives? Cheating, I don't think, is a way that I've thought about it. And I say that because anyone can invest, but at the end of the day, we got to give credit to consumers for looking at ratings and reviews, reviewing content, and looking at price point and ultimately converting on good products. I've had the experience of promoting products on Amazon that don't meet the needs of consumers, you know, that I've worked in the beverage space and on a product that just wasn't hitting the flavor flavor profiles that, that consumers were looking for. And no matter how much we invested behind paid search to get that product visible, as ratings and reviews came in, as the price point of that product wasn't as competitive as other offerings, there really wasn't anything we could do with media to to turn that ship around. So don't view it as cheating per se, because I, I do believe and trust in the consumer to ultimately by clicking and by converting, helping to inform the algorithm as to whether a product that wants to be boosted really deserves that real estate. I'm sure people could debate that, but that's kind of my gut reaction to that question. (laughs) So now you have a grasp on what paid search is, which is great because if you work in e-commerce or want to work in e-commerce, you need to know this. And if you're a brand or a manufacturer and you want to sell stuff on Amazon really well, this is vital knowledge. Next, we're going to break down sponsor products, which are, as you'll hear, maybe the best ad unit ever made. I'm going to roll us into sponsored products. And we're here for education. What is a sponsored product? Such a good question. So to me, sponsored products are the sneakiest of Amazon's ad units because they look the most like an organic listing. So if you, again, have your phone in front of you, if you want to go onto Amazon or if you have your computer and type in the keyword of your choice, the search term of your choice into the search bar, what we typically see on Amazon on desktop is that the first four product listings that are showing up at the top of search results are paid sponsor products units. And there's a little bit, of, there's a small bottom right corner of that listing right below the primary image that says sponsored. And that really is the 
a most impactful ad inventory in most categories to be winning. As you scroll down the page on desktop, we tend to see an additional four units middle of the fold and then an additional four units um, that show up right before the option to click to the next page of search results. I did that all in real time as you were talking. (laughs) What did you see? (laughs) Was I accurate? Some keywords in some categories like electrics uh, or electronics, they don't have the same exact layout as a consumer packaged category. So what keyword did you look up? I'm curious. Collagen. Collagen. Oh, that's a popular term on Amazon. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) Okay. And did you see four units on on desktop and two on mobile? Well, I did not pick up my phone. That's a little too much for me to pay attention to. But interestingly, the first listing is an Amazon brand that I believe might be hard-coded into there. But the next three are sponsored products and then four organic. Then we got the Climate Pledge Friendly Carousel. We've got Amazon's Choice Carousel. We've got Editorial Recommendations. And then about a lot more. My Zoom is very tiny, so a lot of organic listings after that. Yeah, I mean, you've called out some great features that we've started to see appear over the last couple of years in search results that, in my opinion, make showing up in paid inventory that much more critical. A lot of industry news, articles, opinion pieces right now are really honed in on the fact that Amazon is aggressively monetizing page one of search results and really pushing down organic results on page one or even just minimizing the amount of real estate available for organic results. And so as a result of that, paid search becomes that much more critical because without those ad units, even if you're a top 50 item organically, you might be at this point pushed to page two. So glad that collagen had quite a diversified amount of widgets and ad units on page one. That's that's definitely more and more common today. You're a manufacturer. How do you even approach getting yourself a sponsored product placement? Good question. So if you're just embarking on the journey of page with Amazon, Amazon advertising has a great website where you can Click to sign up for an account and create an Amazon Ads Council instance. That'll be available linked via your Seller Central or Vendor Central. Once that's generated and you're able to go in and set up campaigns, you know, on our side, the first kind of work that we do with our clients is identifying what are the SKUs we want to promote. So we look at the category that the client is in and we look at the top search terms within that category and we will segment out and group top keywords based on kind of three to four core buckets. Non-branded terms is a phrase we use to just refer to category search terms that are brand agnostic. Branded terms would be uh, search terms that we want to be bidding on that are specific to the manufacturer that is looking to run the media. Conquesting terms would be competitors within the category and their branded search terms. And then we can, you know, diversify and, and broaden by looking at basket building terms as well. And so maybe if you're selling wipes on Amazon, baby wipes, then a basket building term could be diapers. And we are able to generate 
that list of keywords that we might want to prioritize using Amazon brand analytics, the search term report that's available in there. And then we've actually been ingesting that search trend data for a really long time where we're also able to look historical back two plus years at search trends to be able to make sure we're covering all of the the most important terms in a category to be showing up on, but then able in parallel to keep a pulse on what terms might be emerging as as keywords we would want to focus on in one to two months time. And once we have that list of terms, we'll then look at the actual search results on Amazon for those terms to help devise uh, the recommendation we'll make on which products to promote. Okay, you know what a sponsored product is and how to make it there. But now we need to know how to measure the success because it's clearly not free to win sponsored product placements and you probably want to see some return on your investments. Really at the end of the day, how we like to approach measurement for paid search is contribution of of your paid media to top line sales. We really want to try and break the habit and the just natural instinct (laughs) that a lot of us feel to look at ROAS, which is return on ad spend, or ACOS. We don't use that on our side, but it really tends to be that inverse of, of ROAS. So good job, Emma. So ROAS, ACOS, we really dissuade clients from having a KPI for those metrics and instead trying to have a guardrail for them. And why we do that is that we have proven time and again, especially on top category terms, that if you uh, if we're able to partner on a test with our clients to get them to decrease their ROAS and invest more heavily in a category term, that then does drive top-line sales and helps boost organic rank. On our side at Flywheel, the core KPIs that we like to focus on with our clients using proprietary measurement tools that we've built in-house, so looking at what percent of the time are we showing up at the top of search? And then over time, the impact at a keyword level. So this is pretty granular measurement, but the organic rank change of the ASIN that we're consistently promoting above the fold. And what we've been able to prove out is that if you're, you know, say in the month of March, you had a $7 ROAS, but in the month of April, if we can partner with a client to get comfortable with maybe a 3 or $4 ROAS on a category term, or even lower, if I can get a client to go lower, it makes me very happy, we'll then monitor that organic rank change throughout April, and then top-line sales, so ordered revenue ship COGS for that ASIN as well. And what we've been able to prove out is that in the right category auction, when you're promoting that right product that is likely incremental, that is competitive from an ASP standpoint, got its content on optimized, that willingness to decrease your ROAS guardrail does result in organic rank growth and does result in top-line sales. In our last episode, we heard Danny mention incrementality. The word incrementality is actually not an English word. Incrementality is totally fake. The word incremental is real, but incrementality is just, you know, nonsense hybrid jargon. I mean, every time I type it into a deck, I still get like the red lines underneath. So, you know, eventually I'm going to have to just get over the fact that it's not a real word, but it still irks me every time I see it written. No surprise. Kate mentions it here, too, even in a similar way. 
You'll want to remember incrementality as something important from this podcast because this isn't even the last time we'll hear it. My 101 definition of an incremental sale is a sale that would not have happened without the help of advertising. The last KPI that I think as an industry we are all really striving to get to is incrementality. So that I think is is a word that is, that is was made up by marketers. Anytime I type it in an email, Google and Microsoft tell me it's not a word, but it, it is one we use all the time. And really what that refers to is just, did the media drive a sale that wouldn't have happened without the media? We're really trying to crack that nut. And I think as the industry as a whole focuses on that as a KPI, could see more and more manufacturers getting comfortable shifting away from ROAS and moving towards a incrementality measurement that increases the confidence that your paid media is driving a, a return, a sale that, that you wouldn't have otherwise. So now we've covered sponsored product, the golden child of paid search. And before we move on, let's take a small break. Because do you even realize how many great questions I have asked in this interview? Kate did. It's a great question. It's a fantastic question. I love this question. It's a great, great question. question. Such a good a question. question. Such a good question. Oh, that's a great, great question. question. Such a good question. Good question. Thank you, Kate. I love your answers too. Next, I bring us into some different ad units that Amazon offers, which are sponsor brands and sponsor brand videos. Take a seat while Kate explains these two. Amazon does have additional ad products within paid search, specifically sponsor brands and sponsor brand video that are really great ad units to help with higher funnel consideration and awareness strategies. So sponsor brands, if we take collagen as a search term again, when you go and look at collagen on Amazon, typing that into the search bar, sponsor brands is really the banner-like ad unit that shows up before you get to the grid of products that are available to, for sale. That is the, I would say, most customizable ad unit right now with Amazon in that you're able to upload a custom image to help hit on a product benefit or a product differentiator. You're able to include a headline. You get 50 characters to come up with something that's hopefully going to help drive click-through rate. And then you're able to feature typically three products or even integrate aspects of your, your brand store into that ad unit. So it's a really great opportunity for just communicating a new product launch, for hitting on a key product differentiator for your brand. And one of the ways we love to use this ad unit is that it does pull in deal flags when you're running a promotion on Amazon. So it's a great, just highly visible and eye-catching ad unit to help with conversion and sell through for any deals of the day or Prime Day, Black Friday, Cyber Monday offers that you might be running. And then if you scroll down, all of that was just sponsored brands. If you scroll down within search results, Today, most keywords also have a video ad unit that auto plays on mute, and that is that sponsor brand video campaign type. And today, you can only tie one ESIN to that ad unit, but the way the layout works is that it runs your video. We typically recommend six to 15 second assets. So it's a great, great ad unit for product launches, again, or promoting a more premium ASIN driving trade up, and where 
we have seen today this ad unit perform is that it does tend to have a much higher click-through rate than any other ad inventory on Amazon. We've got one more type of ad unit that we'll cover in this episode. That is sponsored display. And as a note, you should tune into our next episode because we'll dive deep into DSP, which is fairly similar to sponsored display, but still its own beast worthy of its own episode. Sponsor display has actually been around as an ad longer than sponsor brand video, even though there's been a pretty sincere rebranding on Amazon's ad site. It, it, when I started out in the industry quite a half a decade ago now, plus sponsor display was referred to as product display ads. And really, it was just Amazon's banner like ad real estate incorporated mostly on product detail pages, and then also along the left-hand rail of search results themselves. There's a 160 by 600, I think, is the specs for the ad unit that shows up there. And where Amazon Ads has really been focused is on improving the targeting opportunities and the the strategies that you can use with this ad product. And I think it's been a big focus because it does have a huge opportunity from a scale perspective. So you can't target by keyword if you're running a sponsored display campaign. Instead, you're targeting by audience or you're targeting by what's called product targeting or product attribute targeting, where you're putting in a brand or even a list of ASINs and you're telling the algorithm, I want to show up on the product detail page of this ASIN, or I want the opportunity to show up wherever this ASIN is organically. And so when you think about just the ability to use audience targeting, such as a lifestyle audience and in-market audience or going after repeat purchasers or repeat PDP viewers, the we're telling the algorithm with those strategies that I can show up anywhere on Amazon or in some instances off of Amazon. And you're opening that inventory pool to be so much wider than if you're saying, hey, I just want to show up in sponsored products on the keyword collagen or on the keyword dog food. You've learned about sponsored products, sponsored brands, and sponsored brand videos, and sponsored display. Before we get to our three takeaways for success on Amazon via paid search, I needed to know something. You are a brand, you're given a budget. How do you go about allocating your budget to the different ad units that exist? I get that question all the time. I figured. (laughs) So I do want to caveat that there are going to be nuances. It's really important for a brand to understand their category, to understand consumer behavior within their category, and then understand their position in the category in terms of, you know, market share or um, just sales leadership, et cetera. And in making an intentional effort to to keep those factors in mind as you're thinking about that investment split. But I would say in general, we do recommend a heavier investment and over 50% of a paid search investment in sponsor products. But I would say for a run-of-the-mill, maybe category leader brand, I'd likely recommend a 60 to 70% sponsor products, 10 to 20% sponsor brands, and then that that remaining 10% or so to sponsor display. Your first dollar, where does it go? Every day, sponsor products, and uh, likely on a top category keyword. It really wouldn't need to come down to just 
What do your branded terms look like? Are you getting conquested? Are your less premium products being promoted? Maybe you could look at using that first dollar to drive trade up on your branded terms. But usually it would be sponsor products and then that number one keyword within your, within your category promoting an item that maybe isn't on page one or is below the fold on page one organically. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. Kate's three major takeaways from this conversation when it comes to paid search. Pull out something to write these down with. Cue number one. We've emphasized ASIN selection really is critical for the success of your media and the efficiency of the media. So getting your ASIN strategy right by looking at retail health it should be table stakes. It, it should be where you're spending a good chunk of your time pre-launch. Cue number two. As you are actually launching, don't feel the pressure to get every ad unit live and every strategy live at once. We really like to iterate and build on our launch, launch over time with clients, really making sure that we're getting our fund foundational sponsor product campaigns right first and then building upon that, especially because it can be really easy to write off an ad unit on Amazon if you're too focused on ROAS in the early days. So iterating, testing, and then scaling over time is a huge recommendation we have so that you're not accidentally focusing on one campaign's results in from the first few days it's live and, and writing off that entire ad unit as a result. And cue number three. Lastly, really in challenging yourself and your leadership team to try and fight the convenience of using ROAS as a KPI. Yes, it is more complex to be looking at share of voice. Yes, it is harder to be tracking organic rank at scale, but using metrics like share of voice, organic rank, impact on contribution of AMS to top line sales, and then striving for an incrementality metric really are going to unlock the most powerful performance results, the most powerful insights, and then hopefully also enable you to really use paid search as a means to hit your sales goals versus just an investment that you're making because Amazon and their JBP want you to. And that is your paid search on Amazon masterclass episode. Before I could let Kate go, of course, we had to return to her digital wish list. Circle back on our digital wish list question. That thing, I'm sure you forgot to noodle on it because we've talked so much, but that thing that's just been in your cart for so long and you won't actually convert on it. Uh, I think I'm getting closer to converting, but both the Dyson hair wrap and the Dyson vacuum that is cordless. And I say that I'm close to converting one because those products sell out quick on Amazon. So I'm not always um, the first to, to convert and I have to wait for it to restock on the air wrap piece. And then I'm actually just about to move into a new apartment and I'm going to probably treat myself to that Dyson vacuum uh, as my kind of welcoming gift to myself for the move. We live different lives, Kate, because I need a vacuum that 
has the biggest tank possible because I have to vacuum like 75 times a day because my dog hair fills it up every single time. And I always look at like YouTubers with the little stick Dyson. I would blow up the vacuum with hair so <laughs> fast, but I appreciate everyone who can actually have that, which leads me to my last thing. We have a theme going of dogs, people's opinions on dogs. You don't have a dog, do you? I don't have a dog. I do not own my home, and it is a very competitive housing market where I live in Colorado. So having a dog does impact the pool of rental units available to me. So I do have every intention to get a dog one day, but until then, I'm going to prioritize getting that Dyson vacuum. Fair, fair. When you visit either Baltimore or Seattle or offices, do you like live vicariously through the dogs that are in those offices? Does that like bring you joy when you Absolutely. see them? Absolutely. I uh, actually, fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, Emma, but when I interviewed at Flywheel, one of my interviews was walking my interviewer's dog. I thought it was, you were going to say that Todd interviewed you, like he just <laughs> showed up and it was Todd sitting in a chair, but that doesn't surprise me. Todd was the dog we walked, it's true. <laughs> I figured, yeah. <laughs> that is a wrap on this episode of Mastering Meatail. But the learning doesn't stop here. We could spend hours, days, years talking about paid search and your strategy going forward, which leads me to telling you to check out all of Essential's digital commerce brands to learn more about our expertise in e-commerce, especially paid search. Reach out to me too if you are intrigued and want to learn more about this fascinating development in the history of advertising and to be connected to the other e-commerce wizards that I get to work with every single day. To reach me, your host, you can find me at emma.erwin at essential.com or on LinkedIn. This episode was produced by Klaus Cancel with sound design by Ines Satenji. Tune into the next episode where we cover DSP, which stands for Demand Side Platform, and how to navigate your upper funnel programmatic advertising tactics. That's my job. That's what I'm hired for.